I'm convinced uh, there are two kinds of people in life. Uh, one person uh, plugs his or her phone in each night before bed, and the other spends most days running around looking for a charger. I wonder which one you are. Uh, you might be able to guess what kind of person I am, uh, because at my house, I'm sad to say, uh, I've started putting chargers in just about every room, every, every socket, every place where you could possibly find one. I'm sure I can't be alone in this. Now, why are there chargers everywhere? Because like it or not, we lived a, a plugged-in life. Um, I'm sorry to the Luddites, it's just true. When our phones are plugged in, in 2022, they're energized and empowered to participate in the world around us. And think about this, when our phones are connected online, in our little homes in Orlando, we are connected to the entire globe of people. It's, in fact, we're connected to a world that we can't even see, that we couldn't even visit physically today. When our phones are plugged in and online, they connect us to this vast amount of people, this vast library of information. And without being plugged in and online, phones, uh, 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 well, some of you wouldn't even be able to make that really, really crucial social media post that you're going to do today. Um, Sometimes when the power goes out, this is why it's almost a relief though, isn't it? Um, it's like, thank you God, I don't have to carry what Dean Kidd calls my leash around with me anymore. Um, it's one of the things I actually, I love about being here in this, in this room, in this space, is that there's not a lot that we do that's connected um, to phones, except that I have my phone and my iPad on this, on this lectern. Kyrie eleison. In our epistle lesson today, the writer begins with a definition of faith that makes me think a lot of this plugged-in life that we live. The writer says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. These two phrases that define faith sort of parallel one another. So faith is, it's, it's plugging in. It's plugging in. It's the assurance or conviction, those words are sort of similar, or the living of, the submission to, the staying connected with, the plugging into, that's assurance and conviction, things hoped for and things not seen. Again, similar ideas, things hoped for and not seen. That is, faith is plugging into an unseen reality. Faith is plugging into an unseen reality. Plugging in plugging in. The thing is, whether we know it or not, atheist and religious person alike, all of us live plugged in in some way. We're all living according to some reality or realities that we can't see, taste, touch, or feel. Author Frederick Buechner writes this about, for example, what I think is the, maybe the most compelling example of the reality that we all know as human beings but can't taste, touch, or feel exactly uh, by definition, love and friendship. Buechner writes, I have faith that my, uh, um, that my friend is my friend, 
It's possible that all his motives are ulterior, that what he's secretly drawn to is not me, but uh, something that, that I have, my money or something. But there's something about the way I feel when he's around, about the way he looks me in the eye, the way we can talk to each other without pretense, the way we can be silent together without embarrassment, that makes me willing to put my life in his hands as I do each time I call him friend. When I don't experience it, no proof will do. When I do experience it, I don't need to prove it. And the same is true with God. Faith is plugging into an unseen reality. Now, well, one of the things that drives me crazy, though, is in our culture today, for some reason, is around Christmas time especially, is when someone says, but it happens in songs and movies too, someone says, have faith. Just like put it on a pillow, a decorative pillow of faith, right? Merry Christmas, faith. Like what, what, but what does that mean? I mean, faith in, in what? You see, here's the thing. You have to plug into something. What is your faith plugged into? Faith must have an object. What are you putting faith in? That's the question. Santa Claus, people's kindness, I don't know. Have faith. What does that mean? So for us as Christians, here's the question. What's the object of our faith? If faith is plugging into an unseen reality, what's the object of Christian faith? I would say it like this. There are probably lots of ways to say it. The Apostles' Creed is one definitive summary, page 96 in the prayer book, but don't turn there. Here's a, a paraphrase. Christian faith plugs into the unseen reality of God as presented to us in the Bible, the Old and New Testaments, and as embodied for us in the church, the Christian church through time and space. Christian faith plugs into the unseen reality of God as presented to us in the Bible and embodied in the church. So this is our theme today, faith. Faith is plugging in. Faith is plugging into something for God's sake. Faith is plugging into the unseen reality of the God of the Bible for Christians. Surely we can be even more specific than this. And here's where our Hebrews passage helps us out. Look for it in page 176 of your blue pew Bible. You'll find the pew Bibles right in front of you. They're the blue books. Turn to page 176. They've got the Old Testament and New Testament split. So 176 is actually, you'll find it in the back, near the back of the book. Hebrews chapter 11. While you're turning, let me give you all at once, and we'll touch on them briefly each together, the distinctives of Christian faith. What, what does it mean when we plug into Christian faith? The distinctives from Hebrews 11, page 176. Christian faith is comprehensive. It's full of challenges. It's comical. It's city-oriented, and it's centered on Jesus. We'll touch on each of these briefly. First, Christian faith is comprehensive. This is the opening of our passage. After that definition, verses 2 and 3, notice that the writer takes us immediately to creation. You see that in verse 3? This is a comprehensive story. 
that we're plugging into. It's a reality that began with a God who was already there before the world, and then he created the world. This is the story of reality itself. What are you plugging into as a Christian? You are plugging into the true story of existence. But then, verses 2 and then verse 8 through the end of the chapter, the writer wants us to know that this comprehensive story includes a long list of characters, Abraham, Enoch, Abel, Moses, all these folks, and even you and me. Let me read to you a verse that you, 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 well, you can find it if you're in the Pew Bible. Look at verse 39, verse 39, the end of the chapter. It's not in our lectionary passage for today, but Notice how at the end of this list of characters, you and I get included. Yet all of these folks, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Friends, you and I are a part of the comprehensive story of reality that is the Christian faith. Your life matters. You, you, your story matters. You are a part of it. Now listen, for many of us, as we've already mentioned, our phones feel like leashes. Our technology, we don't want to plug it in. So the last thing we want to do, but think about those around the globe who may not have access, who might be getting an, a phone for the first time. Think about how this changes their own story, how this lifts up their own voice without sounding too utopian. Just imagine the importance of a person in a war-torn country, for example, who's given the chance to take a quick picture of some crime that the whole world can find out about and justice can happen. Listen, being connected to the comprehensive global story of existence, this is what being plugged into the Christian faith means. Here's the second distinctive of the Christian faith from Hebrews 11. It's full of challenge. So what happens when we plug in? At home, now, when you plug stuff in, whether it's your phone, your computer, or power tools, or whatever, like a thousand things can go wrong. And in fact, if you plug something in and you turn it on and it doesn't work, if you're like, maybe it's just me, but on a Saturday, you do that at 8 a.m. in the morning, at 8 p.m. In the, in the evening, I'm still there trying to figure out where in the long line of possible problems, this pow why this power tool is not where is it the electricity, is it the tool itself, is it me, it usually is me, but anything can go wrong in the life of faith. See, see, in the Christian faith, one of the distinctives is not that we have the answer for why evil exists, but we're certainly not surprised by it. And for Abraham, this is certainly true in verses 8 and following. In fact, look at verse 9. This whole little snapshot of Abraham's life is a big grouping of challenges, struggles, trials. By faith, Abraham stayed for a time in the land he'd been promised as in a foreign land, living in not a mansion, not a suite, a tent, right? That is, Abraham was couch surfing in the promised land. Abraham was crashing on the couches of strangers as if he did not belong in the place where God told him to go, where God promised him, right? 
this is crazy. And the list goes on of struggles for Abraham. Go read about it in Genesis. But we stay plugged into God. We stay waiting and trusting by faith that he will keep his promise to us. This is one of the reasons we have to stay plugged in because in the Christian faith, being plugged in, problems will occur. There are lots of challenges. Abraham stays plugged in. Look at verse 10. For he looked forward while he was couch surfing to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So challenge and struggle, wonder and wander, suffering, all of this. This is not foreign to what it means to be a Christian. Author Brendan Manning describes faith as ruthless trust, ruthless trust. Trust in the love of God, Manning writes, inspires us to thank God for the spiritual darkness that envelops us sometimes. For the loss of income, for the nagging arthritis that is so painful, and in the midst of these, to pray from the heart, Abba, into your hands I entrust myself and this entire day, morning, afternoon, evening, and night, whatever you want of me, I want of me, falling into you and trusting in you in the midst of my life. Christian faith is comprehensive and it's challenging, and here's the third distinctive, it's comical. Now, this is strange, but follow me. Read verse 11 along with me and you'll see why. By faith, Abraham received power of procreation even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. So by faith, we're told here, a barren woman and an old man have a baby that not only saves their lineage, but in fact the whole world, because through their lineage would be born eventually the Savior of the whole world, Jesus Christ. Comical, supernatural, surprising, upside down. This is what we're plugging into as Christians. This is what we sign up for. Um, challenges and struggles don't surprise us, and neither do miracles, friends. Why did the two old Crocs laugh? Frederick Beatner writes again, they laughed because they knew only a fool would believe that a woman with one foot in the grave was going to have another foot in the maternity ward. They laughed because God expected them to believe it anyways. They laughed because God seemed to believe it. They laughed because they half believed it themselves. They laughed because laughing felt better than crying. They laughed because if by some crazy chance it just happened to come true, they would really have something to laugh about. Faith is laughter at the promise of a child called laughter. Go read the rest of that story. Do you remember what happens when Sarah hears that she's going to be pregnant? You remember what happens? She laughs. You know what they call their son? Laughter, some version of laughter, son of laughter. Now listen, at my home, having things plugged in means lots of comedy occurs all the time, especially when you've got this weird, freaky robot, Alexa, listening to you at all hours of the day. In, in mid-prayer, uh, we said, thank you, Jesus, for the food. And we said, Jesus, she thought we said Alexa, and she pipes into our prayer, you know? Or Amazon. I mean, think of the miracles. A don't you just love this? Amazon boxes just out of nowhere, like ex nihilo. They just appear on your doorstep, right? 
it's comical. Here's the fourth distinctive of the Christian faith. It's city-oriented. This is kind of interesting. It's a little um, heady, but it's super important for the whole comprehensive story that we're plugging into. It's city-oriented. We touched on it in verse 10. Abraham looked forward to the city, the writer says, that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, this theme of city or home or land or country is everywhere. Um, um, Abraham and these characters are called foreigners and strangers, pilgrims in other translations. You get it? Land, people, travel, um, setting up a home. In verse 14, I won't ask you to look there with me, but we read, they're seeking a homeland. Verse 16, as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. Why all of this talk about land and home and city? Because from the beginning, from the beginning of the God's comprehensive story that includes you and me, God is taking the Garden of Eden and building a city. And he's using us all of humanity who trusts in Christ, he's using us to build this glorious city. Now, let me just read a snippet of Revelation for you, the last book of the Bible, because this city gets a shout out and it might help you connect some dots. St. John writes, Revelation 21, then I saw, this is the, his picture of the end of all things, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy what? Say it. City. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is with mortals. It's the city of God. Is God is with us. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eye. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain, no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Welcome to the city of God. That's what we're building. What's so cool about that, I think, is that you and I get to worship in the heart of a city every week. That's significant. There are lots of churches that you could be a part of, lots of parishes, lots of communities. Some of you live close, some of you don't, that's okay. But where we are together right now is in the heart of bustling business, lots of uh, celebratory parties, maybe, maybe too much partying, I don't know, based on the beer cans by my car as I pulled up today. But that's, that's life, there is bustling life here full of people made in the image of God. It's amazing that we get to worship in a city. God's, God's story is future-oriented. It's city-oriented. Okay, before we get to the last distinctive, remember Christian faith, we're plugging into it, and it's a whole reality. It's a long list of characters. It includes lots of challenges. It's miraculous. It's comical. And finally, it's centered around Jesus. Here's the heartbeat of everything we're saying today and the heartbeat of Hebrews 11. All of the Christian faith is centered on the person of Jesus. Now, we're not gonna get to the verse that I wanna read to you right now until next week. But notice how this verse, which I'm gonna read from chapter 12, actually completes the thought of chapter 11. 
all that we've been saying. In chapter 12, verse 1 from next Sunday's epistle, therefore, since we are surrounded by all these folks that we've just been talking about, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer, the beginning, and the perfecter, the end of our faith, right? When we plug into the Christian faith, the heartbeat, its essence, the essence of what we're plugging into is Jesus. It's Jesus who completes God's comprehensive story. It's Jesus who faces the ultimate challenges of life and death for us and wins. It's Jesus who, in the true sense of the word, comically defeats sin, death, and the devil by his own death. And it's Jesus who goes before us to prepare a city where God will dwell with us. Jesus is the heartbeat and the essence of what we're plugging into. Last week, I mentioned a story about uh, my mom and antiques and so on. This week, I'll share one about my, about my dad. Around our home in Tennessee, um, this quiet, uh, simple, country-sounding man, uh, Ron Bales, um, always had the most insightful question to ask when something was going wrong technologically at the Bales home growing up. And, and, and it was this question, and this is how he would say it. Now listen, listen for the, the insight and the wisdom of this, okay? Dad, after a, a time together of fiddling with something, he would say, did you plug it in? Did you plug it in? <laughs> Friends, um, everything starts there. Like you gotta flip the light switch on. You gotta put the plug in the wall, right? It seems simple, but that's Jesus. I mean, this is the number one, A. it's step one. It's where everything starts. Without Jesus, we have none of this stuff, right? So right now, we get to plug in just for a second by faith to all of these things, especially to Jesus in a moment as we celebrate Eucharist. My prayer for us, though, is that you wouldn't just plug in for a moment here today, but that you would remain plugged in putting your faith in Christ all week, all year. Like live into that big story, right? Jesus, help us to do this. We need your power in this moment. Even faith is a gift from you. So we ask for it by your Holy Spirit. Amen.